There's been a fair number of scandals uh, recently of ministry leaders that have gone very public, as you probably know, and that's what we just want to focus on as I welcome you to Central Moments again today. I hope, I, I made the decision a long time ago that I'm not going to let somebody else's successes or failures as a Christian determine whether I have a relationship with Jesus. I'm not going to abandon my faith just because somebody else uh, disappointed me or I'm disillusioned with spiritual leadership. First of all, it's only a very small percentage of men and women of God in ministry leadership that mess up their lives, but it can still happen. And this, this becomes our focal point as we continue our study through the New Testament letter to Titus. Titus. In Titus chapter 1, verse 5, Paul said, The reason I left you in Crete was that you might put in order what was left unfinished and, appointed el and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. So this sets the stage for this letter. Paul and Titus, and we believe with Timothy as well, they had been traveling through Crete and they had been planting new churches. Paul will go north up to Ephesus with, with Timothy and leave, leave Titus in Crete to, as he just said, put in order what's left unfinished and appoint leaders in these new churches. And leadership's incredibly important, even though some leaders do in the end disappoint us. And this is where Paul goes directly. He says, as you appoint leaders in the church, he calls them here elders, as you appoint elders, elders must be blameless, faithful, uh, an elder must be blameless and faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Now, once your children get to a certain age, you can't always control their decisions and you shouldn't be held responsible for that. But he's saying the church is like a family. And if somebody doesn't, if somebody's home family is totally out of control, then how can they lead God's family as, as a spiritual leader? They can be a part of the church, but they shouldn't be a leader in the church. So this is where he starts. And then he goes in verse, the next verse, and since an overseer manages God's household, which is exactly what we're talking about, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. And these clearly are things that mark every believer's life. I mean, there's overlap here with the fruit of the Spirit in uh, Galatians chapter 5, things like self-control and gentleness and kindness and love. But he said, he said um, e even though these are traits that ought to be in every believer's life, not every believer yet is to that place in Christ where they're living this out consistently. But if you're going to be in leadership, you need to live this out consistently. And I, I know some people disillusion us. We're pretty disappointed in spiritual leaders we, follow, we followed in some cases, and turns out they've been living a double life. But that doesn't change the standard, and that doesn't change the fact that there's many godly people who do live this way. And you may not be in leadership, but this is a great checklist for your own life, because it does apply to every Christian. Like, are you overbearing? Are you overbearing with your spouse and your kids? Are, are you overbearing at work with the, with the teams you su supervise? Are, are you quick-tempered? Are you just touchy and easily offended and just going off the handle at, at, at every little thing? Uh, are you given to drunk? Are you misusing alcohol or, or recreational drugs? Are, are you violent? Are you guilty of domestic abuse? Are you, uh, these things don't belong in the life of a believer. Or are you pursuing dishonest gain? Are you... Are you 
kind of stealing money money out of under the table at your at your job? Are, are, are you are you ripping people off uh, in order to gain personally? All of these things become these impressive, powerful traits of what a transformed Jesus-centered life ought to look like. Uh, you know, we're not overbearing, and, and we don't lose our temper at the drop of a hat, and and, and we and we stay away from the alcohol and the and the recreational drugs, and and, and we don't hit people, and we don't yell at people, and we don't, we you know, and, and we're not and we're not stealing things just to get ahead, and, and and all these secrets that start to envelop our lives, these are the traits of somebody who follows Jesus. You stay away from those. And Paul is saying, when you pick leaders, they ought to be people who demonstrably live out the Christian lifestyle in that way. Father, help us. Help us as we go through that checklist. Help us to be those kind of people. And we pray for our leaders. Whether we're in a leadership position or not, we pray for those that we submit to and in authority over us. Keep them from the temptations and the pressures to compromise and cheat. And I pray that you'll keep their lives pure. And so we praise you and thank you that you are able to do this in our lives. Amen. Amen.